Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Opinionated Brothers Podcast. I am your host, Travis Porter. I have with me my co-host, me, myself, and I. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing this one solo. That's not the way I intended it, but it's the way it ended up happening. Um, The biggest decision for me to decide to do this one was a sermon from my pastor this morning, Pastor T.J. McBride, Tabernacle of Praise Church International in Donna. He said, this is a season where you're going to walk into your passion. And he spoke a prophetic word that said, God will turn your passion into profit. You guys may have heard from an earlier episode that I've been wanting to do something like this for a very long time. I've been interested in talk show radio and podcast for a very long time. So uh, with that word this morning, I couldn't let the absence of my co-host, I guess, sway me from still recording something. So here I am by myself, um, (laughs) and we will see how it goes. Today's April 25th, 2021, five days removed from the conviction of Derek Chauvin. Uh, On April 20th, Derek Chauvin was convicted of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, third-degree murder, excuse me, and second-degree manslaughter. Derek Chauvin, of course, the former police officer charged with now officially the murderer of George Floyd. Those convictions, I believe they're saying, can come with a maximum of up to 40 years in prison. Uh, I don't want to, okay, I don't want to start with that, but I just want to start with um, with uh, my thoughts and my feelings. I didn't realize how checked out I was of not only that case, but just all of the, all the senseless killings of black men and women ever since Ahmaud Arbery. Matter of fact, that's actually the last video that I watched in its entirety. Um, Every murder since then, I I have not watched any of the video or very little of the video. I I surely didn't watch the entire over nine minutes of Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck. I saw a um, I saw a photo that was all I needed to see. But I didn't realize I checked out I was until my wife called me. Uh, I was at home from work that day. I was a little under the weather. And she had run to the store. I was watching live. And they read the first, um, they read the first verdict. And it was guilty. My wife, my phone rang. It was my wife. She called me on FaceTime. Crying her eyes out in the car, in the parking lot of the grocery store, saying... They got him. They got him. That made me cry. And it was at that moment that I didn't, that's when I realized how I was just, I didn't realize how numb I was to it, if that makes any sense to you guys. Not saying I didn't care, but I was just tired. (laughs) I was tired of the murders. I was tired of the useless back and forth between People on social media, I, I was just tired. And to see that collective weight lifted off black America's shoulders was kind of a relief. 
Unfortunately, I would not call this justice. Um, I agree with um, Keith Ellison, the Minnesota Attorney General. It's not justice because justice would have been George Floyd being alive with us today. But it was accountability. Again, not to not to rain on anybody's parade or sell, or discount the celebration, but you know it, it is accountability. And to be honest, I know I'm not the only one. I, I was not sure that a conviction was going to come. I'm just being honest. We've seen this story many, many, many times before. And, and if I can be just really honest with you guys for a second. <sighs> This is a problem with the police culture. I, I've said that many times before. I will stand on that. But it's not exclusively just a police culture problem. It is a problem as well of just the general dehumanization of black life. Derek Chauvin is only the second police officer, I believe. Somebody fact check me. I'm sure you will. But I believe he's only the second police officer, officer to be convicted in the state of Minnesota. The other police officer, uh, if you guys remember back in 2017, a young woman was shot, Justine Diamond. She was shot by a uh, Somali-American or Somali immigrant, Somali police officer named Mohammed Noor. Somali, so he's dark-skinned, right? <sighs> so not only is, so that, that that blue line, that badge can only get you so far, apparently. Because they threw... <laughs> Muhammad Noor kills a white woman, and he's he's thrown under the bus. You know, Derek Chauvin kneels on George Floyd's neck for over nine minutes, and people are defending it. So there's a problem in this country with policing. There's a problem in this country with the value of black life. And and just because you're part of that blue line, if you're black, don't think that line's going to be there for you all the time. And while we're talking about the problem with policing, I'm going to let you guys in on something. I, I work, I'm a first responder. And when you work that closely with police, you start to hear things and kind of see into their mentality, their mindset. First of all, full disclaimer, I have a very good friend, one of my best friends from childhood, who is a police officer. Been one for over 15 years now, I believe. Good guy, good father, and this isn't about him. This is about this. This is about how even if you do have the most noble cause to be a police officer, I want to protect people. I want to protect the innocent. You are coming into a system that, quite frankly, does not preach that. What I'm about to say isn't an exact quote, but it's the general idea of what was said. I love giving people a hard time. Uh, that's why I became a cop. And, you know, if you have a bad day, hey, I just pulled you over. Guess what? Now your day sucks. That's the mentality. <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to say that's the entire mentality, but again, you know, I can't not say that either. And as long as it's like that, man, these things are going to keep happening. A lot of them come in basically as bullies or they're trained up and, you know, groomed to be bullies. And it seems like their entire their entire modus operandi is to just protect and rule by fear, you know, versus respect and general, you know, appreciation for human life. I mean, even even their statements, it, it it's all they're a lot of times they're vague and misleading, and sometimes they're just flat out lies. Uh, the original George George Floyd statement, the statement about George Floyd. Two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s, in his car. He was ordered to step from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers weren't able to get were unable. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs, and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance, where he died a short time later. At no time were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in the incident. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has been called in to investigate the incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. No officers were injured in the incident. Body-worn cameras were on and activated during this incident. That is, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, as a man who works in a field where documentation is paramount. That is one of the vaguest statements I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a flat out lie. Like they noted he appeared to be in medical distress. Gee, I wonder why. Is it because there's a freaking 150, 200 pound man just kneeling on his neck on his freaking airway? I mean, oh man. And and that's another thing. See, oh, so that this tells you one thing. Number one, thank God that young woman was there, the young lady was there video video recording that because if there was no video footage, Derek Chauvin very well might. D Derek Chauvin would have gone off. He would have been he would have been acquitted. How do we know? 1992, the Rodney King, Rodney King case. Some of you may have heard, remember that, some of you may not. I was, how old was I? I was, in, I was in elementary school when it happened, let's just say that. And I didn't realize the gravity of it at the time. Like this, they have, they, <laughs> They, they're on video beating this man, and I believe they all got off. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they all got, they all were acquitted that, you know, thus, you know, the ensuing riots. You don't riot. Oh, man, I, so many rabbit holes I can go down. I can, uh. and even with the video, you had, you know, these YouTube clowns, these right-wing racists basically trying to attribute it to, drugs you know um steven crowder that racist douchebag on youtube i can't believe he still has a youtube channel but he had a quote-unquote mock demonstration to show that hey you know george ford died of something else uh, it wasn't because he was he was knelt on he wasn't even on his neck so uh, i can't believe i sat through that video i didn't I actually didn't sit through the video i just saw snippets of it but this douchebag Steven Crowder is outside, and there's some guy who's kneeling on his back, not his neck. I, you know, God help me. I wish the guy would have knelt on his neck, you know. But I digress. 
Uh, but then you got stuff like, see, that's what's so infuriating to me about these cases because it, it's not the tragedy of what happened for me personally because, you know, we, we see what happened. It's pretty much night and day, regardless of what someone did to be in that situation. Police officers are not judge, jury, and executioner. They are there to apprehend the suspect or whatever or whoever and then apprehend them and bring them in so they can face the justice system. They are not there to perform executions basically. And I don't know and I don't know what this crazy mentality is that well, he should have been resisted. If he'd just not resisted, he'd be alive today. Twenty a counterfeit twenty dollar bill is not a death sentence. Flipping a bird at a cop is not a death sentence. <laughs> you know? You have all these people who would do will bend over backwards to just come up with excuses for why, you know, the police officer is innocent and uh, just twist it into this is a cops are not respected. You need to respect police officers, or whatever, and, and then they blame the victim for their own death or try to use some other excuse as to why they died. Like they're saying uh, that god awful woman Candace Owens saying, oh, he's high on fentanyl. Let me tell you something. I hit my mic. I'm so riled up. Um, fentanyl overdoses happen because your respiratory system is depressed. Depressed respiratory systems mean, a depressed respiratory system means you are not breathing. So if you are not breathing, you are not saying, I can't breathe, or you are not struggling, or you are not calling for your mother. So shut the up with this crap about he was being he was overdosed on fentanyl and another and another thing that i haven't seen so much you know in media but i have seen a lot on my timeline people who work in the same field as i do well if you can talk you can breathe no if you can talk that means your airway is somewhat open i can choke you and you can still talk but if i keep choking the what i am the way that i am eventually you're gonna die that's what that's what happens. So it, it's 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 infuriating, it's disingenuous, and it really just shows goes to show that you don't care about a stranger's life, or you care about this system, this police system, this policing system, that by the way has its roots as a slave patrol. FYI, you care about this racist system more so than you do another person's life. And now I'm going to just get really selfish. Uh, I'm glad that he was found guilty on all charges. Yeah. Even if he might not be guilty of all charges. Oh, my God. I oh. am glad that he is guilty of all charges because I want a verdict that keeps this country from going up oh. in flames. Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. No. What do you mean? Look, Greg, listen. What do you mean? No, I'm at least being honest. Uh, my, my, ta my neighborhood was looted. Greg, I don't ever want to go Greg, through that again. We do not sacrifice individuals for the sake I'm of saying he's how guilty. people I'm feel. saying I'm glad about the verdict. Fox News host Greg, Greg Gutfield saying the quiet part out loud, basically saying, I'm glad Derek Chauvin got convicted, even though, hey, I don't really think he was guilty of all the charges because at least now they won't be rioting. That's that. That's what he said. 
you even heard like the co-host groaning in the background when he said that. And and Janine Pirro, you know, raging alcoholic and other Fox Fox News crazy person, you know, even she said, well, I don't want to say even she said because what she really said was garbage as well. She said we don't sacrifice one of our own or something. Whatever. I don't I don't know the exact quote, but she's basically saying, hey. I think he's innocent too, but we're not going to sacrifice him just so there are no riots. But, but, but if you're paying attention, you you knew this was going to happen. If if he if he'd have been found, if he'd have been acquitted, and unfortunately, yeah. Well, side note: if Derek Chauvin would have been acquitted, they would have burnt Minneapolis to the ground. <laughs> so, just my opinion. But I digress. They wanted they wanted him to be acquitted, mainly so they could see the riots and say, "See, look at him. You know, the criminal justice system does what it's supposed to do. He's found, he, he was found innocent or not guilty, and they, they don't care about justice. They just want to burn things down. So that's what they were really looking for. I mean, they had a plan either way. If if you know if he'd been found acquitted and riots would have happened, they'd have went that way. But since he was convicted, now they're going this way. I think the night before the verdict, the uh, the guy who has that dumb dog look on his face all the time, Tucker Carlson, he <laughs> accused the media of lynching Derek Chauvin. You know, not mad that the people who are supposed to be protecting and upholding life are, ha, ha, uh, you know, took somebody's life. They're, they're <laughs> he's mad because Derek Chauvin is the real victim. You have this moron from, you know, Newsmax, you know, wannabe Fox News who basically is saying that you know Derek Chauvin was sacrificed yeah no it's it, it, it's pressure on the scale right I mean this they, they say justice is blind I don't think it was blind in this case at all I think you had political pressure I think you had pressure from all these uh, activist groups uh, going into all this and I think at the end of the day People say, you know what, if we acquit this guy, this city is going to burn to the ground. It is going to burn to the ground. So you had a jury that said, you know what, we're going to have to sacrifice this guy to the mob. And that's exactly what I think happened today. Don't believe your lying eyes, folks. You know, the ones that show you this man kneeling on George Floyd's neck for over eight minutes. The only reason he got convicted was because the jury, you know, they just, they, they, they just wanted to sacrifice him to the mob. You know, the jury are actually the good guys because they knew if they'd have found him innocent that the country would burn down. So kudos to you, jury. That's what this moron is saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, on the evening, on that same night, I think, uh, what is this? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. III tweeted, Today justice was served for the Floyd family, but we still live in a nation clothed in injustice. True justice for black Americans can only come through a complete revolution of values. We need an overhaul of systems deeply rooted in race system. Hashtag justice for George Floyd. And Steven Crowder, the perpetual racist, proved me wrong, <laughs> uh, retweeted, Of course there was going to be a pivot. Expect more police to quit in the coming weeks. So the police are going to quit now because we can't kill people for no reason. We, you know, oh man, they, they, they got this guy, you know, they got him on video actively killing somebody. Man. Oh, I don't, I don't want to be a police officer anymore. That's what the moron Steven Crowder is saying. Ugh. 
<laughs> human weasel hybrid Ben Shapiro replied to a tweet from Don Lemon or more so a saying from Don Lemon. Don Lemon apparently, I guess, on air said justice has been served. Ben Shapiro tweeted, and we all know he would never have said this had the reverse verdict been reached. Ben Shapiro is supposed to be a guy that the right wing hold up, right wing holds up as an intellectual, and for him just to say this is just unbelievably moronic. This is the last one I'm going to talk about because this is probably the most blatantly racist of all of them. A woman named Cassandra Fairbanks, who I've never heard of. The only reason I came across this tweet is because so many people on my timeline have been responding to it. Cassandra Fairbanks, uh, uh, I guess she's some kind of journalist. Let me see. An American journalist and activist. As a journalist, this is her Wikipedia page. As a journalist, she has worked for the Russian state-funded international news agency Sputnik and far-right American media websites Big League Politics and the Gateway Pundit. Okay, so she's reputable, reputable. But but this is what she this is what this upstanding young woman tweeted. Poor Chauvin. This is awful. He's a political prisoner. Nobody can change my mind on this. Just awful. To which someone responded, Cassandra, he fucking murdered a man. What the fuck is wrong with you? To which she replied, nothing of value was lost. And no, he didn't. <sighs> I just want to be clear. I don't want you guys to think that I'm surprised by any of this or that I expected anything different. What's so frustrating for me is that I personally know people who follow these people and who are taking this crap in and who feel the way they feel. That's what's pissing me off. That's what's frustrating me. And that's what's questioning, has me questioning a lot of my life choices. Oh, Jesus. Three names I would just want to say. Adam Toledo. Dante Wright, Micaiah Bryant. Three more lives lost to police officers, to policing. Dante Wright, uh, they're all, none of them are excusable. Dante Wright's probably the most surprising. Um, <laughs> 20 some odd year veteran of that, whatever police force in Minnesota, I'm not exactly sure where it was, but it was uh, in Minnesota about 10 miles roughly give or take from where George Floyd was George Floyd was murdered put him over because of what expired tag and air freshener hanging from the ceiling from the from the rearview mirror put him over whatever reason he gets back in his car she intended to tase him or so she says and oh my god I shot him I thought my gun was my taser even though I had it pointed at him for about five seconds two things I've shot in a gun before. I've shot in a nine millimeter before. The types of uh, firearms the police officers use. It's a lot heavier than a taser. You know what a gun is and what a taser is, especially if you've been there for 26 years. Number two, and this is something I learned from working with police officers. Your firearm is on your dominant side. So she knew or she should have known what she was reaching for. In a discussion, whatever. 
Adam Toledo, uh, what was he, 13 years old, I believe? Um, police officers responded to shots fired. They began chasing Adam. Um, it was him and another 21-year-old, I believe, suspect who was with him. 21-year-old gets apprehended. They chase Adam Toledo, chase him down an alleyway. Um, he comes to a fence. You can see him in the video reaching behind the fence. He's throwing the gun that he has away. Officer says, put your hands up. Adam puts his hands up, and he gets shot. Whatever. Whatever reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, and if you're saying, well, he didn't have time to react, or he had no way of knowing, all right, fair enough. Maybe you should not, maybe it shouldn't be that easy to become a police officer. Maybe you should have more than, like, what? three months worth of training to become a police officer. I mean, if, you know, if the situation is that life and death, if it's that dangerous, maybe this, this, the standard should be raised higher to be a police officer. If people's lives are on the line, then I mean, come on, you can't just be, oh, I thought he had a gun. You had to be sure. I mean, you know, hey, this is just me. I'm not a police officer. I just work with him. This is why I chose to work on the opposite side. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that police officer in the business of taking lives, but they, I mean, that's what it seems like sometimes. But this is why I chose to work on the side of saving lives versus policing them. Uh, last one, Micaiah Bryant, 16 or 17-year-old girl in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the story I gathered was... She was being attacked or assaulted at, at her house. She called the police. When the police arrived, she had a knife and was, from what I hear, lunging towards one of the women or the young ladies or whoever who was attacking her. And the police officer shot her four times in the chest. So... The biggest, what hit me hardest about this story is personal. It was, this verdict was Tuesday, so it must have been Wednesday. Wednesday I was at work and a couple of co-workers were talking about the Derek Chauvin verdict. And one of the co-workers said, you know, there was another shooting in Ohio about a girl then he said but that one was justified because she had a knife and she was going for another girl and if he hadn't had done what he did you know he might have got her I'm not here to argue that I'm not here to argue whether the officer was right or wrong what hit me so hard about that conversation was that the guy who said that was black and the only thing I can think of is, dude, you have a black daughter. How could you just be so callous like that? I don't know. And that's a deeper conversation that I want to have with the guys about how, I don't know, we, we get in these environments and, you know, do we lose our blackness trying to fit in? Do we lose what it means to be black? Do we 
I mean, I mean I'm kind of rambling, but I, I've just seen so many of us almost kind of assimilate to the to the thoughts and mindsets of white conservatives. I mean, I don't know. Deeper conversation I'll have to have with the other guys, but that's just what I think about sometimes. A comedian who says he was racially profiled at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport continues to speak out tonight. Eric Andre tweeted today that he believes Clayton County police are using the war on drugs as an excuse to harass people of color. The actor says he was detained yesterday while boarding his flight. But as Fox 5's Brian Hill explains, the department stands behind the officer's actions. Clayton County police say Andre was never detained or put in handcuffs. They tell us there was a pleasant conversation between them. However, Andre says he wants the officers involved held accountable. I'm not Walter White from Breaking Bad. In an interview with TMZ, the 38-year-old actor says two plainclothes police officers asked him if he was transporting methamphetamines. The stand-up comic says he was the only person detained for a random search as he was attempting to board his flight. I'm filming in Charleston and I'm connecting in Atlanta to go home. And they were like, can we search your bag? And I was like, no, okay, you so they, can't. They That's did. against the Constitution. Immediately after Wednesday's encounter, Andre took to Twitter to address the issue. In a series of tweets, he said he was racially profiled, harassed, his rights were violated, and that he was the only person of color in line at the time. Did an apology do it for you? Yeah, or something like reprimand the, the, the police that are clearly racially profiling. In a Thursday afternoon news conference, Clayton County Police said Andre was not racially profiled and agreed to talk with police. They tell us this type of interaction happens often as part of their officer's duties. Mr. Andre did give our officers consent to search his belongings, but instead the officers chose not to do so. Police said the encounter only lasted about two to three minutes. Mr. Andre was cordial, personable, and pleasant to speak with. According to our records, this was the first and only interaction. But the actor claims that statement is full of misinformation and he wouldn't allow officers to search his bags. I said no because I know my rights. On Thursday, he continued to tweet about the issue, saying he hopes the police department stops their racial profiling tactics at the airport and creating more lies about what happened. Multiple law enforcement agencies work at Hartsville-Jackson. Airport officials say they plan to review policy procedures in the coming days. Both police and airport officials tell us there's no footage of the encounter. Brian Hill, Fox 5 News. That was a news story from Fox 5 News on April 22nd about Eric Andre, as you heard.
He claims he was racially profiled at Atlanta Airport. Uh, this is the police statement from Clayton County Police Department. On April 21st, 2021, the Clayton County Police Department made a consensual encounter with a male traveler, later identified as Eric Andre, as he was preparing to fly to California from the Atlanta airport. Mr. Andre chose to speak with investigators during the initial encounter. During the encounter, Mr. Andre voluntarily provided the investigators information as to his travel plans. Mr. Andre also voluntarily consented to a search of his luggage, but the investigators chose not to do so. Investigators identified that there was no reason to continue a conversation and therefore terminated the encounter. Mr. Andre boarded the plane without being detained and continued on his travels. The Drug Enforcement Administration and the Atlanta Police Department did not assist in this consensual encounter. Eric uh, went on Jimmy Kimmel, I think, the next night and went to talk about it. I'm not going to play it. It's like 11 minutes long. You guys go look at it if you hit my mic again. I got to get better at this. <laughs> you guys can go and look at it or if you've seen it. But, you know, he describes it completely. Well, he describes it diff differently. He says it was a consensual. There's some comedy in there because he's a comedian. He's doing what he's doing. But my point of this is to... Again, that police statement is just the most bare bones, vague, no details, you know, and, and, and that's on purpose. That's that's done on purpose. So, so so that so that seed of doubt can be planted in the public's minds. You know, they, they make it vague. They don't give you any details because, you know, obviously if. If there was something that needed to be said that was important, they'd have said it in the statement, right? They do that on purpose to put to plant that seed of doubt in our minds to get us on their side. And it's it's, it's a tactic that they always use. That it's really disingenuous and it, and it and it's it's really quite honestly it's disgusting. I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Been a wrestling fan my entire life. Don't tell me that it's fake. Number one, it's not fake. It is a series of scripted events with a predetermined outcome. I know it's not a real sport. You don't have to, well, it's not a real competitive sport. It's, uh, you know, it's scripted. They're predetermined storylines. They're predetermined outcomes. They're predetermined winners. Whatever. I get that. I don't, I don't have to defend it to you. If you don't want to watch wrestling, don't watch it. I understand why we're still having these fights about which is better. I'm getting, I'm going off on a tangent. Whatever. WrestleMania happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Two nights of WrestleMania. Uh, the first night was actually, you know, surprising to me because WWE champion Bobby Lashley uh, retained. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan, that won't mean much to you. But uh, Bobby Lashley's uh large black man uh, who, if I put in the work, I could probably look like him, but I digress. Hey, one day, you know, we'll see. But uh, he's a big guy. He's a black guy. He's been in the business for about 15, 16 years. Um, I've always thought that this guy could be uh, 
world champion potential. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, when he was at another wrestling company, he was it was a smaller wrestling company, smaller wrestling company, but he was their champion for a good for a good little bit. You know, he carried pretty much carried that company. It was a good age of pro wrestling for that company. As heavy as this well, this whole couple of years, this pandemic and everything that's been happening, but particularly these past two weeks, as heavy these past two weeks have been, I'm gonna I'm going to close with a couple of things that, you know, kind of lifted my day. Uh, first of all, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I, <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I, a little Freudian slip there, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, spoiler warnings, by the way, if you haven't seen the final episodes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, anybody who knows anything about comics about Falcon and Captain America, you knew that at some point the Falcon was going to take over the mantle of Captain America because that's what happened in the comics for a brief period. In episode four, three, four, three or four, Sam Wilson meets a man named Isaiah Bradley. Uh, Isaiah was involved in the Super Soldier Project, the same Super Soldier Project that I believe Captain America was involved in. He was uh, the only black member of that project, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Sam gets upset at Bucky, the Winter Soldier, because he said something along the lines of, you're telling me there was a black super soldier out there and no one ever told me or you never told me. Did you know that kind of thing? Side note, um, kudos to them for going in this direction, especially in today's climate. You know, everybody's always afraid of, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this term because I hate this term cancel culture but kudos to Disney for for touching on the fact that Sam Wilson is a black man and this country that he is protecting that he's fighting for has a history of not treating black men in particular with you know as you know like shit pretty much they you know they, they don't have the best track record with with black people but I digress so Isaiah's uh, he's disgruntled. He's he's really pissed off at the government because they put him through all this hell. He did all this work for them, and they essentially erased his existence from history. Like you know, he's the first you know first part of a black super soldier project, and no one even knows about his story. So Sam talks to him, I guess, about being Captain America. Long story short, Isaiah says. There's no way this country will let a black man be Captain America. And even if they would, no self-respecting black man would want to be. Hmm. An episode later, uh, Sam comes back and he... All right, going back even further, if, in case you haven't seen anything in the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at the end of uh, Avengers... What was the name of the movie? Avengers Endgame, the last Avengers movie. Captain America goes back in time, and instead of coming, instead of returning, he changes time so that I guess he's not Captain America, but essentially he he lives out his life as a civilian. He meets Sam Wilson, the Falcon, in the future. He's old. He gives Sam Wilson the shield. Sam Wilson holds it. He puts it on his arm. Captain America asks him, how does it feel? Sam says, feels like someone else's. Captain America looks up at Sam and says, well, it's not essentially saying you're Captain America now. Uh, 
and that actually is part of the dynamic between Bucky and Sam Wilson in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. At the beginning of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sam essentially turns the shield over to the American government, saying he thought basically there could only be one Captain America. He didn't want to. He didn't want to try to fill those shoes. That caused a little friction between Bucky and Sam because Bucky and Captain America were best friends back when they first started Super Soldier Project. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, Bucky looked after Captain America. I can't think of Captain America's uh, real name for some reason. Well, it's a secret identity name. I don't know why. I want to call him Chris, but it's not Chris. Chris Evans is the actor who portrayed Captain America in the Marvel movies. I can't remember his name. But, um, oh my God, where was I? Man, doing this thing solo is hard. Jeez. <laughs> uh, right, the shield. So, uh, since Sam gave the shield to the U.S. government, they say, hey, we need a new symbol. There's a, we need a new Captain America. So they give his shield uh, in a complete new Captain America outfit to a former soldier named John Walker, who, again, I said spoilers, he be, turns into, not turns into, he becomes, well, I'll, I'll get there later. <laughs> but uh, John Walker is just a regular guy. No, Steve, Steve Rogers. That's Captain America's name. I'm sorry. Steve Rogers. I'm, I'm sorry. But John Walker is essentially just a dude in a Captain America suit with his uh, vibranium shield. He doesn't have a super soldier, super soldier serum that Steve Rogers has. Um, he also has a partner named Battlestar, real name, well, real name. The character's name was Lamar Hopkins. He's a uh, Lamar Hopkins. I don't know why I'm stalling. He's a black guy. I don't know if that was intentional or what, uh, possibly, but John Walker and Lamar Hoskins were, they served together. I think they were in the same battalion, platoon. I am so sorry to all my military listeners. I do not know what it's called. Please forgive me. <laughs> but uh, John Walker, long, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to say the entire six episode plot but something happens where john walker pretty much he kills a guy he kills a guy using the captain america shield uh he's stripped of the captain america mantle blah 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 sam walker becomes captain america sam walker sam wilson falcon becomes captain america uh with the same outfit that he used in the comics by the way he's basically falcon with a shield so at the end of the six-episode arc, Sam Wilson returns to Isaiah's house and says this. We built this country. Bled for it. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't fight for it. And, you know, just personally, I, I just thought that was great because, yeah, you know what? This country probably doesn't want a black cat in America, but damn it, my ancestors, your ancestors, we fought and bled for this country. This is the Captain America they're going to get. You're not going to tell me that I can't fight for this country, that my blood, that my roots helped build. So screw you, I'm Captain America now. Uh, even earlier when he was, you know, fighting crime, doing his superhero thing in front of a bunch of, in front of a, in front of a bunch of civilians, uh, there, was, there were guys uh, filming on their phones. And uh, one guy says, uh, what did he say? Like, yeah, that's the Black Falcon. Another guy says, nah, that's Captain America. Man, I, I just, you know, a lot of people don't, as far as the show, 
people don't say yeah, I don't think people were saying the show was, you know, super great. But I'm but to me that in particular, the Sam Wilson art, the fact that they show that struggle of him, you know, being being a black man <clears throat> as Captain America. And there was even a line where Bucky said, you know, Steve and I never considered what it, what the consequences or what it would be like or how it would be for you. Uh, what, what does he say? Steve and I never considered uh, something something about we never considered the consequences of or the weight that it would bring to a black man to give him that shield. How could we? So, you know, you know, woke Hollywood, hey, whatever, man. This is real. This is real. Something needs to happen. Kudos to them for writing that in. Kudos for them for not. I'm just glad we're getting away from the I don't see color, you know, bullshit. You see color, and because you see color, don't mean you're racist. It's if you say I, you know, <laughs> not saying color is basically what got us into this situation. That what got this situation. <sighs> see, this is what happened when I get when I get riled up. I start getting my words discombobulated. Not seeing color is one of the many reasons why this country has not been able to confront the racist history that it has. I just see a person. I don't see color. Uh, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't see my color, you don't see me as a person. But I digress. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> that's my mini review. And <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what else? What else? My last thing. My last thing. What else was it? WWE. So one of my secret shames. You know what? Screw it. It's not a secret shame. I don't care. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I, li I like wrestling. I, f I'm, I'm, I know what wrestling is. I know it's... Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. Wrestling is a series of scripted events leading to a predetermined outcome. Though when you can't fake hitting that ground, hitting that mat. That hurts. <laughs> so screw you if you think wrestling is fake. I'm not that. He's still real to me. I'm not that guy. But I respect these guys for the physicality that they put their bodies through. You, you gotta be. You, guess what? You still gotta work out and be strong to be a wrestler. But I digress. I'm a pro wrestling fan, um, and I am a black man. So uh, WWE does not have a great history <laughs> with you know the treatment of African Americans in their business. I mean, people say The Rock, you know, but I mean, uh, people don't see The Rock and think black man. At least I don't think people do, but I could be wrong. Um, there have only been, there have been no black world champions. I'm sorry, there have been no black WWE champions until I think it was 2017 or 2018, Kofi Kingston. I mean, people, yeah, people are gonna say The Rock, but again, I mean, technically, yes, he's black and Samoan, but I'm talking about like, you know, black, you know, blackity black, 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 like DJ Black. <laughs> but uh, Kofi Kingston was the first black WWE champion, well-deserved. But there's another wrestler who's been with who's been in pro wrestling for about 15 years. He was with the company. He was with WWE from 20 2000. I don't know. 
2005, 2006, till about 2000 and 2008. He was, he was with WWE for about three, two, three years the first time. Went to another company to try MMA, then came out to WWE. His name is Bobby Lashley. He is the current WWE champion. Uh, a lot of joking. <laughs> when he first started, the uh, joke was, uh, the internet joke was calling him Black Lesnar because he's essentially a black Brock Lesnar as far as build and intensity and everything. But um, he's WWE champion now. He won the title in, I think, March and held it through WrestleMania. And to me, that was shocking. This is why it was shocking to me. His opponent was Drew McIntyre, a man of Scottish descent. He, um, he was with the company for a good time, but didn't really go far. Left the company, worked on his craft, got, got jacked. Um, he pretty much dominated the independent circuit, the independent wrestling circuit. Came back to WWE, and he was their WWE champion for the majority of last year. So when you know what you're looking for in pro wrestling, you can see the storylines that they're building up to. And when Drew McIntyre came back, if you paid attention, you could see what they were building to. Brock Lesnar was a WWE champion going into last year's WrestleMania. And they were building up Drew McIntyre for a big Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar confrontation. That, that confrontation happened, uh, and Drew McIntyre became WWE champion at last year's WrestleMania. You know, great. The problem was that it wasn't in front of fans. <laughs> COVID happened, and it was essentially in front of an, it was an empty arena. So, yes, Drew McIntyre won the WWE championship, but he didn't have that big moment where he could just celebrate with his fans or the WWE fans. The reason that I was surprised that he won this year is because I thought they were going to try to do it again for him this year because WWE's WrestleMania took place in front of 20,000 fans or so. You know, it is what it is, man. You say, you know, yeah, the pandemic's still a thing, but the Super Bowl happened in front of fans, so whatever. But, yeah, um, I am glad that Bobby – Bobby Lashley retained the WWE Championship because he got a big WrestleMania moment. Um, I'm not going to talk about booking the way it the way it happened, the way I would have liked for it to happen or when the match was on, but good for Bobby Lashley retaining the championship. The second biggest thing, this is big for two reasons. WrestleMania was in two nights. Night one was on Saturday. Night two was on Sunday. Night one ended with a main event of the WWE, was it SmackDown? WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. This was the first time that two women, two black women, two women of color, uh, main evented at WrestleMania. Sasha Banks is of black and German descent. Bianca Belair is black. And before the match even started, they were both looking around both looking around the ring, just the fans are cheering, they're shouting, they're chanting, and both of them, especially Bianca Belair, she was she almost broke down to tears before the match even started. But to me, I mean, that, and then you know Sasha Banks was a champion, but Bianca Belair won the championship. You know, she came up from their developmental, won the Women's Warrior Rumble. I mean, it's your typical wrestling storyline, but the fact I think it meant so much to her is because it was her and Sasha Banks. You know, I think they were both pretty good friends. They pretty good friends they were both 
in the developmental NXT for a long time. So and when and when Bianca Belair won, you can see the emotion on her face. Even though there's a YouTube video going around, if you search for it, you can see Sasha Banks's reaction. You know, she's outside the ring and she kind of, you know, she's selling it. Selling it in wrestling means you're. It means you you you're. you're you're acting like you're hurt. That's what selling means. But she's selling her loss, but at the same time, you can kind of see her almost smile because she's looking at Bianca in the ring celebrating her championship. And, and you know, those are two feel-good moments for me, especially this month, um, especially the Bianca Belair thing because I remember one time I was watching wrestling and Bianca Belair was making her entrance to the ramp, down the ramp. And my daughter was looking, and she was basically imitating her moves on TV. And I was just like, man. I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but you know, representation matters, especially if you're a person of color. It matters that we see people who look like us doing things that can be, you know, doing things that, you know, oh God, I'm getting so emotional, I can't even talk. It, it matters that we see us succeeding in things that we like. It matters that we see us as superheroes mainstream superheroes, not some, you know, bootleg, off-brand superhero that nobody cares about. It matters that when we see us succeeding, especially where, you know, it's traditionally, you know, a white-dominated area, when we see us succeeding in that area, it matters. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, WWE is the first or the best, um, you know, the best, at representation or anything like that. I'm just saying that this was, those two moments were moments that meant a lot to me. <laughs> oh, uh, this wasn't that bad, actually. Uh, I may have to do more of these. You know, it, it, it takes a little getting used to talking to yourself, just talking into the void, talking into a microphone, but I might be able to get used to it, so hey. You know, you might see more of these from me and DJ or Tam. You might not. You know, so, you know, we'll see. Definitely from me, but I digress. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash opinionatedbrothers. Uh, Instagram, just search opinionatedbrothers. I don't know how Instagram works, but Tam said if you search opinionatedbrothers, you can find us. Like us. Uh, wait, not like. Yeah, like, share, and subscribe. It's not a YouTube video, but that's the... Uh, <laughs> That's the language that I'm using. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I got that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WWE talk in there because I'm uh, I'm actually in a better mood than I started. Opinionated Nation, we love you. I love you. And we'll see you next time on the Opinionated Brothers Podcast.